Ruth chapter number three. Uh, while you're turning there, of course, we've been going through Ruth. It will be on your handout and on the screens as well. Well, if you'd like to follow along, uh, of course, Ruth, we see the, the famine and that Naomi experienced. And, of course, uh, Ruth came along with her back to uh, Israel. And, of course, we see all the field and how Ruth was willing to go to the field. And God miraculously bestowed grace upon Ruth and Naomi uh, through Boaz. And then, of course, we started talking about the floor in Ruth chapter 3, the threshing floor. We saw the encouraged proposal. And Ruth says, I'll go, I'll do it. And then we see the uneasy process as she proposes to her man. I don't know if there's any ladies in here who proposed to your man, but that's what Ruth essentially did. And, uh, of course, he says, I'll do everything you ask. How be it, there's someone nearer than I. How many read ahead this week? All right, now I'm teasing. but And uh, I know you can do that. But we're going to look in today... Uh, a little bit about the waiting time, the waiting time. Of course, when you get to chapter 4, it's just amazing how the story unfolds. Truly is a love story, and it's wonderful. We're looking forward to that. But today I want to talk a little bit about the waiting time in Ruth's life. And maybe you're in a season of waiting. Uh, maybe you're in a season of uh, a tea in the road. Maybe it's a, a future spouse. Maybe it's a relationship struggle, maybe it's direction, maybe it's that next step in your life, maybe you're wrestling through some things, and uh, we'll see what Ruth did this morning, and I hope it will be a help to you. Once you have found Ruth 3, verse 13, if you're physically able to, if you could stand to your feet, uh, we'll just read a few verses this morning, give you one last chance to stretch, and then we'll get right into the message. The Bible says, Terry, there's that word Terry, that would be like us saying wait, Terry, this night, and it shall be in the morning that if we will, he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she arose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it be known that a woman came into the floor. Came, that, uh, that let it not be known. Also, he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou, my daughter? I don't know when's the last time you've asked your daughter-in-law that question. Who are you? And uh, it's interesting. We'll explain it here in a little bit. It's an interesting question. And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fail. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished a thing this day. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. You're a great God. Lord, already we've been blessed by the music and the fellowship, the giving, or the challenge, the uh, Sunday school, adult connection groups, Lord, whatever we're able to be a part of. Lord, I know someone's here today for the first time, and Lord, I pray that you'll just help them, and uh, may they uh, uh, get what you'd have them to today, or be with those maybe second, third time, and I pray you'll help them through this uh, today, and Lord, be with those who've been here a long time, maybe, and, and uh, maybe they have a heavy heart today or a burden uh, maybe they're uh, discouraged, Lord. Maybe they're trying to figure out what's next or wrestling through something, as I know that happens uh, time to time in our life. And I pray we'll get direction today. Uh, we'll learn from Ruth and other scriptures that I believe will help us. I know it was a help to me this week. And Lord, as I've faced these times in my life as well, 
Lord, thank you for those who are tuning in online. Lord, they, they would love to be here if they could, but they can't. Lord, I pray you help them know they're loved and appreciated and cared for. Be with those who are serving in our different ministries. And Lord, ministering to our children so that we can be in here. Our nursery, Lord, our teens. And Lord, all that goes on today. Uh, Lord, I pray you'll bless in a special way. Be with this message. May you help me to say what you'd have me to say. Nothing more and nothing less. And Lord, may I get out of the way and, and let you work through me. Lord, I realize I'm just a vessel and just a, a simple one at that. I pray that you'll bless this time together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, years ago, there was a man and a, a lady, husband and wife, who just had their first baby. And they brought him home and, and of course, getting adjusted. And uh, it wasn't long before the wife told the husband, hey, uh, why don't you change the next diaper? And, of course, the man said, oh, yes, I'll be happy to change the next one. And it wasn't but a few hours later, she brought a little uh, a Johnny to him and says, okay, it's your turn. He says, oh, no, you got it all wrong. I didn't mean I would change the next diaper. I'd say I'd change the next baby. And, uh, you know, sometimes we go through the waiting time, you know. And as that poor wife had to wait for a long time, maybe, until her husband helped her with diapers. And by the way, man, it's okay to change a diaper, okay. And uh, I can say that even more firmly now because all our kids are out of uh, diaper stages. But, uh, you know, unless they're the blowouts, only moms know how to to do that and do it correctly. And I, you just don't want to mess that up, men. And how many are with me on that? Okay. Anyways, okay. I'll keep going before I get kicked out of here, okay? Um, but waiting is hard sometimes. Waiting is not easy. Waiting takes work, takes effort. I don't know anyone who likes to wait. Um, desires we long for, prayers we're seeking an answer to, maybe knowing confirmation in your heart, uh, what is right, what is that next step. Um, maybe even at work, waiting for that, uh, that, that new position, or maybe that uh, being promoted. It's, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. It's, it, maybe it's a health issue and desires we long for, maybe a relationship issue. Maybe we can be impatient. We can be even discouraged at times. We've all been there. We even wonder if God cares. And as someone says, patience is really hard in the day and age where we have fast food and our dry cleaning and just our phone alone. Uh, remember the days when you had to print out the map list on MapQuest and then you had to log in for 25 minutes into your computer so that you could log into your email and realize you forgot the password once again and finally check the email. Now we can do all that from our phone and, and we can do all sorts of things. And we live in an era of impatience and we're busy. In fact, the hymn writer Philip Brooks years ago wrote, the hardest task in my life is to sit down and wait for God to catch up for me. He said, the trouble is I am in a hurry, but God isn't. And maybe you feel that way today. You're ready to do something. You're excited. Maybe you're a young person, a teenager, young adult. You want God to use you. And there's a process God's trying to put you through. Maybe uh, you're waiting for some things to happen, some doors to open, God to get involved. And uh, all throughout the life, God tries to teach his people patience. And we see that in the children of Israel. This isn't in your handout, but it will be on the screen. Numbers chapter 9, verse number 20. I want to just read a few verses about how the children of Israel had to learn patience. The Bible 
says, and so it was when the cloud, if you remember the cloud and the pillar of fire would lead the children of Israel by day and by night. And of course, uh, they would only move when God wanted them to move. And the Bible says, according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud, uh, when the cloud abode from even until the morning that the cloud was taken up in the morning, they journeyed, whether it was by day or by night. Parents, how would you like that? You finally get your kids settled down in bed. They're starting to faintly snore, and you're like, finally. They're not going to come out for the 16th time and ask for a drink, you know. We're good. And then the, the rumors started heading through the tents. The fire's moving. Ah, you know. And they were on God's time zone, and they would go whenever God would go. But what's interesting is the Bible says in verse uh, 22, whether it were two days or a month. Could you imagine sitting in a place for a month? Waiting for God to move. And then it even goes further. Or a year. That would be a long journey. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I don't like traffic. In fact, I will look at my GPS, and if it says two minutes farther, but no red, and I'm going clear across creation around Portland, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go sightseeing. I would rather drive 20 more miles and see some sights than to sit bumper to bumper and get there at the same time. I don't like to wait. Maybe you do. It's interesting to me, committed Christians who are all about the mission that God has for them have a hard time waiting. If you're not committed or if you don't have anything to do in life, you probably don't struggle with patience. You know, whenever it happens, it happens. But if you want to do something for God, you can get irritated sometimes. You can get frustrated. You can struggle. Psalms 106, verse 13, the children of Israel did not learn how to wait very well. Because the Bible says they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. They got ahead of God. What happened? Well, the Bible says they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And what did God do? The Bible says he gave them their request. Oh, that was nice of you, God. You gave me exactly what I asked for. But what happened? He sent leanness into their soul. What is leanness? It's unsettledness. In other words, you got what you wanted, but you lost what you had. You, you, you got what you asked from God, but it wasn't what God wanted for you to have. So it actually and essentially left you even more empty. In fact, if you can't wait on God... You can get things from God, but it may not be what he intended you to have. You know, this happened a, a few um, months ago in our house. I don't exactly remember all the details. My wife could probably tell you, but I'm talking. She's not. Okay, no, I'm teasing. But we, we wanted to go out, take the kids out to eat, and they were hungry, and we had an idea of taking them to a nicer restaurant uh, where they are going to get special ice cream or something, and they said, no, we, we just want McDonald's. I said, okay, whatever. It's cheaper. Well, it used to be cheaper. <laughs> you know, anyways, we go to McDonald's and we got them the food and found out later we really wanted to take them to Red Robin. And they said, oh, that would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, but you wanted to eat now. You got what you wanted, but you got leanness in your soul. No, and, uh, in your soul, you got that processed chicken. You could have had the good hamburger. No, I don't know. But anyways, the point I'm getting at is oftentimes we can be healthy externally, seem like we have it all together, but internally, not. And we're frustrated. We're, we're maybe not settled. 
Um, there's, there's been seasons in my life where I, I, had a, I struggled settling. Uh, and said I wanted to always be going, doing I want that next thing. You know, I'm a competitor, and uh, I like to compete. I, I like to build something. I like to go somewhere. I don't like just waiting. And maybe that's where you are this morning. You're waiting on God, and you want to demand things from God. And God says, okay, here, you can have it. But you're going to get leanness in your soul. <laughs> you may get what you want, but you're not truly going to be satisfied. It's just another location. It's just another job. It's just another this. But you're going to lose what I'm doing with you right now. And, and as we look at this a little bit, we, we see that fresh, when you're not moving, it's frustrating, but you've got to learn. Now, here's another passage I want to look at. By the way, we are going to get to Ruth, I promise, okay? Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And once again, it's not in your handout, but it will be on the screen. You can turn to it. We see here, the Bible says, Then open he their understanding. This is Jesus talking to the disciples, okay? This is after he has died and risen. And now he's explaining them things that they didn't understand before, okay? He's kind of opening their eyes a little bit and explaining things. And he said... Uh, uh, he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, and he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it is behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Wow, great. Man, Jesus explains all this to them. Man, they're ready to go. Let's go. I understand now. Have you ever had someone explain something to you? Is that aha moment? And you're like, can I go share it? No, you got to wait. Or, parents, maybe your kids had said, hey, we're expecting. Oh, God. Can't tell anybody. Oh, my lips are sealed. And then every day it's like, oh, I want to tell you. And that's maybe how they felt. But what did Jesus said? He said, be witnesses. You are witnesses of these things. Yes. But then he says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. He says, now that you know all this, you got to wait. What? God, what are you doing? Why do we have to wait? Why can't we tell? Because the Bible says, you need to wait until you be endued with power from on high. And you know what happens. What happens soon later? Pentecost, remember? Peter speaks. Every tongue, every person there nationally can hear. They process, they get saved, the church just explodes. Now, let's be honest. How long would it have taken for the disciples to manufacture that kind of growth? And they had never been able to do that. But they had to wait on God. And so we see this morning what they did. Verse 52, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. What was happening in the waiting time was they were unifying more cohesively. They were loving the Lord. They were growing. And they were finding that waiting is not wasted time. It's actually so much better. Which is more important, the work that God wants to do inside of you and inside of me? Or the work that he wants to do through you? Don't we like to see God do things through us? But how much better sometimes is it when he's doing something inside of you? Don't look at the waited times as wasting times. Look at the waiting times as a time where God can do something through you. I think of Enoch. 
What did he do? He walked with God. So what did God do? I'm going to do miraculous things through you. No, I'm going to take you to heaven. What a wasted life. No. We don't look at Enoch that way. God was working, and as I think of Moses, backside of the desert for 40 plus years. God, what are you doing? You're waste, I'm wasting away out here. No, I'm working inside of you because you're about ready to leave, lead 2 million plus people out of the bondage and you're going to take them where I need you to take them. I think of Abraham. I think of Jesus. For most of his life on earth, he really didn't do much. But the last few years of ministry, God greatly used him. So I want to encourage you today, I'm trying to get across to us, that waiting time is not wasted time. Perhaps God is cultivating good fruit in your life of patience, of perseverance, of even endurance. And that's what's happening with Ruth here. She's a newer Christian. Remember, she's a Moabitess. Last week we saw she was a stranger. And now she's a handmaid of Boaz. She's taken that step. She's a handmaid of the Lord. She's now being used by God to do this. And now she does everything she's supposed to do. God's blessing her. And then Boaz says, there's something else. And you must tarry. You must wait. What do you do with the waiting times? What do you do when you're told to tarry? What do you do... When you're told to sit still. Well, Ruth listened to Naomi, verses 1 through 4. She obeyed in verses 5 through 9. But she did a few other things. Perhaps this will help you this morning as it's helped me. What can we do during the waiting times? And by the way, the introduction's about as long as the message, so we're good, okay. Number one, Ruth believed the performances of Boaz. And what I'm trying to show us here is that God can still be at work and teaching us stuff even in the quote-unquote waiting times. I got to think this week, I was thinking through several waiting seasons in my life. I mean, I thought I would never get married, you know. And out of nowhere, people say, it's gonna, when it's right, it's right, it's going to happen. And I would say, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through, you know. And lo and behold, when I met my wife, it was like, okay, yeah, that is that's interesting when God's in it. I was about to say that's easy, but that sounds awful. Okay. And I had to work hard. Don't get me wrong. Okay. And, uh, but, but it's like, it was God in it. God was in it. I think of uh, 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 starting a business. It seemed to just be taking so long and all of a sudden, boom, it just started growing. And I think of starting a church and you work so hard and, and you kind of go up and down and several things in life, you're waiting, you're wondering. And then all of a sudden God just comes through. We see verse number 10 she believed the performance of Boaz through the prayer of Boaz. The Bible says, and he said, blessed be thou of the Lord. We see she pre- he prayed for her. We see he praised her in verse number 10. We, re- we, we looked at this last week. We see that through his protection. Verse number 11, he cared for her emotions. He says, fear not. And now, my daughter, fear not. Boaz says, if I, this other guy can't redeem you, don't worry. I will redeem you. I'll be happy to redeem you. We see, even though he's not obligated, he will step in. We see through her, her physical needs. The Bible says in verse 13, tarry the night. It could have looked negative on him had he had her there all night. People may have talked. People may assume things. We talked about this last week. Some people try to twist this and think this is a, a sexual thing, but it wasn't. They were above reproach. They were virtuous. They, they did right. And he could have sent her away during the night, but... 
This is the time of the judges, a very dangerous time. If you remember uh, a few months ago, we talked about uh, the judge who, uh, who, who kept on going and, and it was dangerous. He shouldn't go at night. He, and he ended up, uh, awful things happened at night. This was a bad area. So he cared for her physical needs. He cared for her reputation. He says in verse number 14, and he said to his, his men that worked with them, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Now, he wasn't telling them to lie. He was saying, use discretion. Be careful how you say things. We know how that is. There's a way to say things. And, and we don't want to get people wondering and thinking and uh, speculating. No, no. Uh, 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 be wise about it. And he cared for her. He protected her. But also through her, the provision, verse 15. And he said, bring the veil and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley. Now, no one really knows exactly how much a measure is. The closest I could find was someone said something. It was two handfuls of grain for each measure. So she got about 12 measures, 12 handfuls of grain. And maybe you'll find something different. That's kind of what I found. And, and that was probably going to keep him keep them for at least a few days, maybe even up to a week, which I think, once again, Boaz was making sure that he was caring for Ruth and Naomi until he could find out if he was going to be the kinsman and redeemer or not. And so he provided for her. He protected her. He praised her. He prayed for her. He's continuing to care for Ruth and Naomi. And even in the waiting times, Ruth appreciated the protection, the provision of Boaz. My question to you this morning is simply this. During the waiting times, do you get frustrated at God or can you appreciate his goodness? We heard about it this morning in the song. We talked about it in Ezra, the goodness of God. In fact, Micah 7 says this, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I wait for my God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Aren't you thankful today we serve a God who hears us? He's not one of these statues. He's not one of these things that so many cultures have that we just hope this thing will hear us. No, no, we have a living God. He, he, he's alive and well, and, and he can hear us, and he wants to hear us. Romans eight thirty two. he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us of all things? If it's according to God's will and what he wants for us, and, and it's what he wants, he wants to answer our prayers. He loves you. He cares for you. So in the waiting times, you can know, I'm not just spinning my wheels. I'm not just waiting for this. I can actually still enjoy the presence of God. And may I say, if you are enjoying that right now, and you're waiting, you're in a good spot. So many times people get frustrated with the waiting, and instead, they, they kind of try to make things happen. And I'm not saying I've been perfect in everything in life. I, 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 I can give you illustrations like the car a couple weeks ago, and there's many other illustrations I won't give you. Okay, I'm not perfect. But I will say, I've really tried to get good counsel and, and do what God would want. And, and, and though I've done stupid things like we all have, I've tried to as a whole do the right thing. And I really believe if you try to force something, you're going to regret it. Wait on the timing and the presence of God. But then number two, not only should she believe, but she received the provision. I know we just said a little bit about the provision a little bit ago, but we see now she actually received it. She didn't just know it was there. She actually enjoyed, she received. Remember I said, not only do we know the promises of God, 
Many of you have heard them for years. You learned about it growing up as a kid. You, like my kids, they know all the Bible stories. I've heard it all. But when's the last time you've actually received it in your heart? And say, we really do have a good God. It really is pretty amazing. Not only did she hear, but she received. Not only should she believe, but she received it. The Bible says there, bring the veil. She took the grain in verse number 16 and came to her mother-in-law. And she said, who art thou, my daughter? Now, at first, when I read that, I thought, wait a minute here. Are you having dementia? You're having a hard time thinking? You just saw Ruth a day or two ago. A lot of people believe this chapter is a 24-hour time period. So how do you not know it's Ruth? It wasn't that she was asking if it was Ruth or not. She wanted to know if it was Ruth the Moabitess or Ruth the Mrs. Boaz. In other words, Naomi was said, okay, tell me what happened. How'd it go? How'd your date go? Or in this case, how'd your proposal go? I don't know how many mothers have asked her daughter that. How did you propose? You know, well, in this case, how, well, tell me how I went. And what does Ruth say? Ruth just says that these six measures, well, he, he, she told her all that the man had done for her in verse 17. And she said, these six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. I think it's in- interesting, that word empty. Remember a few months ago now, because we had that long break, but in Ruth chapter 1, when Naomi came back uh, to, to Israel, she said, call me Mara, I'm better. I went away full and I came back empty. And now Ruth goes to Naomi and says, he doesn't want us to be empty, so he gave us this. Naomi now is filled through the grace of Boaz. And in a sense, it was a picture that God took this empty vessel and said, hey, I'm going to fill you. I'm going to keep you filled. May I encourage you today that God always takes care of his children. Even Paul experienced the grace of God even in the hardest, difficult situations. This thorn in my flesh. Satan buffets me, but my grace is sufficient for me. May I say, even in the waiting times if it's hard, may you receive God's grace and may you allow it to fill you. I, I have five applications here, and I think I have them there in your handout. I won't go real long through each one. We're running out of time. But here's five things to receive from God. Watch with expectancy, but be prepared for unexpected answers. The Bible says in Psalms, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, and the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. You know, sometimes we have to lay unanswered requests before God. And he doesn't always answer them like we want him to. My kids ask me a lot of questions. And I don't always answer them like they want me to. It's time for dinner in 10 minutes. Can I have my gummy bears? No. But I'm hungry. I know you are. But the thing about gummy bears is you'll eat them, and in five minutes you're not going to want to eat, you're not going to eat the good stuff. God doesn't always answer our questions and be prepared for unexpected answers. But second of all, put your hope in his word. Psalms 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. May I encourage us to wait in the hope of his word. By the way, that only happens when you're in his word on a daily basis. Third of all, see it as an opportunity to experience God's goodness. I've already talked about this already, but Psalms 27, 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Lamentations, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him. Oftentimes we focus on our problems, which bring grumbling, complaining, bitterness, frustrations. But if we focus on God's goodness, it brings comfort, happiness, and gratification. 
You show me someone who's waiting on God and enjoying his presence, I'll show you someone who's happy in the waiting time. You show me someone who's waiting on God but upset and frustrated and focusing on their problems, I'll show you someone who's aggravated and upset at God in the waiting times. It's a choice we've got to make. What are we going to focus on? Fourth of all, wait for God's promise instead of going your own way. Acts 1-4, we touched on this already. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is the disciples, but wait for the promise of the Father. We already talked about this in Luke. But oftentimes we want to go our own way instead of waiting on God's promise. And then fifth of all, continue. Oh, Ephesians 3.20. Know unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I'll just give a quick illustration about someone who didn't wait on God. You remember Saul? He wanted to go and... And defeat the Philistines, I believe it was, uh, if I believe I'm the, the right story here. And he, and he goes and Samuel says, no, you need to wait on me to do the sacrifice. And Saul says, I already did it. It's already taken care of. I got tired of waiting. And it was the downfall of his kingdom and his even rule. May I encourage us that getting ahead of God is not a good thing. And then continue steadfastly in prayer. Maybe God's making you wait so you continue to pray and spend time with him. Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Isaiah 30.18, blessed are all they that wait for him. Colossians 3.2 and 4, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I'm just simply saying, it's good to wait on God. It's good to enjoy those times with him. And allow his presence to minister to us. And so we see that she believed, she received, and then last of all, she waited for the promise of Boaz. Now we've talked about this a lot already, so I won't spend a lot of time on this. i got a few more minutes here. But verse 18 says, Then said she, Sit still, my daughter. Sit still, until thou know how the matter will fail. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. You know what Naomi says? Hey, Ruth, you don't have to worry about this. You have to sit still. But Boaz is into you. He likes you. And he's not going to rest until he figures out what this other kinsman wants to do. It's, it's going to take a little time. But I promise you it's going to be okay. And we too can rest in God taking care of us as well. Why? Because as much as Boaz loved Ruth, how much more do you think God loves you and me? I don't know how much. Well, he was willing to give his son to die on the cross for you and me. He was willing to be beaten. He was willing to be scourged, nailed to a cross. He was willing to go through pain and suffering to shed his blood to pay for our sins. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful Jesus did that for you and me. I think God loves us more than Boaz could ever love Ruth. And we can trust he wants to take care of his children. Do you know Christ today? Do you believe that he would do that for you? Will you accept him into your life? Our greatest strength is often shown in our ability to stand still and trust God. Psalms 37 verse 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall not bring it to pass. One person said this, If Ruth wouldn't have waited she could have followed Boaz everywhere. Be that needy person, you know. You said you'd take care of me. I'm just going to go along with you, you know. Look, have you done it yet? Have you talked to him yet? I told you I would. Just trust me. 
And Naomi knows, Ruth, whether you're here or with him, it's not going to matter. But it's better that you just sit still and wait. He'll take care of it. Commit your way into the Lord. How many times have we tried to manipulate God's will for us instead of waiting on him to navigate it? The farmer prepares ground and plants, then has to leave the harvest to God. He can't block the clouds. He, he can't block the sun. He, he can't block the wind. No, he plants the seed, cultivates it, puts on the fertilizer, and has to leave it up to God. I know a little bit about that because my dad's a farmer. I know the stress that goes into farming. It's hard. It's difficult. It's trusting. May I say, it seems like God's always seemed to take care of my father. I want to encourage you today, like that farmer, instead of trying to control what you can't control, will you just trust in God? Tori said it this way, Not so in haste, my heart. Have faith in God and wait. Although he seems to linger long, he never comes too late. God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. So, she's commanded to sit still. But I did a little study on still. And we're also told to do three other stills. First, first of all, sit. Second of all, stand. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. This is the Red Sea crossing, if you remember. The mountains on one side, the desert on the other. The Egyptian army is coming at them. There's no way out of it, and God opens up the Red Sea, and Moses says, we'll just cross over. He says, the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Stand still. Sit still. Then the Bible says, be still, in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. The biggest battle in waiting is sometimes struggling with the fretting, anxiety, worry, and anger. But instead, will you choose to be still and to wait on God. Psalms 37, verse 7, Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Didn't God do that by sending a Savior to set me free from sin? 2 Corinthians four seventeen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Aren't you thankful for Emmanuel? God is still with you and me. So we see sit, stand, be, and then th- fourth of all, I saw this other one, live still. What does that mean? Well, Joshua, Caleb, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. 10 were bad and 2 were good. Remember that song? Maybe you don't. It's okay. Don't worry, I won't sing it for you. But there was 10 bad spies and 2 good ones. But what happened to the ones who trusted God? The Bible says in Numbers 14, But Joshua the son of Nun... And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. The ones who trusted God were the ones who got to see the promised land. So sit, stand, be, live still. And then last of all, I want to read a poem. I'd love to quote it to you, but it's a little long. I don't think I can, so I'm going to read it in this area of waiting. Then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate. Christian Chong said, as my master replied once again, you must wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught, and grumbled to God. So I'm waiting for what? He came near and his eyes wept with mine, and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens and darken the sun, 
I could raise the dead and cause mountains to run. All you seek I could give and please you would be. You would have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through the clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence were all you could see. You'd never experience that fullness of love as a piece of my spirit descends like a dove. But you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart, the glow of my comfort late into the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight, the depth that's beyond getting just what you asked, or an infinite God who makes what you have last. You'd never know, should your pain quickly flee, what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, your dreams for your loved one overnight would come true. But oh, what a loss if I lost what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest of gifts is to get to know me. And thought oft, may my answers seem terribly late. My most pressure, precious answer of all is still, wait. What about you this morning, dear child of God? Are you waiting on God? It's not a bad place to be. And we learn from Ruth today that there's much to be accomplished in the waiting time. Waiting is not wasted time. No, no, no. Waiting instead is wonderful time. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. Maybe you're sitting there and say, Pastor Justin, I didn't realize what Jesus Christ did for me. I, I was thinking about what Christ did and what you said he did on the cross, how he was willing to be beaten and how he was willing to be hung on a cross and how he showed his love toward us. And I didn't realize he did that. I didn't know that my sin is what's keeping me from heaven. Man, that really touched my heart. And I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short, but the gift of God is eternal life. Do you realize this morning that Jesus wants to do a work in your life and mine? But first of all, you must have a relationship with him. You must personally invite him into your life. I can't do that for you. Your parents can't do that for you. You have to personally have a relationship with God. And it starts with you accepting him into your life. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. No one's looking around. I won't embarrass you at all. But how many would say, Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. And I'd love to invite Jesus in my life today. If that's you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I won't, I won't point you out. I won't embarrass you. How many would say, Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? We slip your hand real quick. Say, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe somewhere in the balcony. Maybe somewhere below there. You say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I'll be honest with you, this, this season of waiting has been hard. And I've not been doing what I should. I've not been living during this waiting. I've kind of just been, just kind of stagnant, turning my wheels. And I learned today that I want to wait on God to make it clear. I want him to clearly open a door. I want him to clearly move in my heart. I, I want him to be in 
that next step in my life. Will you pray for me if that's you? Will you slip up your hand this morning? I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see hands all over. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I know I need to wait, but I'm still struggling. I'm bearing a big load and it's heavy, it's hard. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me this morning what I'm carrying? If that's you, slip up your hand. God bless you. I see those hands. Look, we've all been there. I know I have. It's not easy to wait, but it's always so rewarding when we wait on God. Lord, you see the hands, you know the hearts. I don't know who this message was for. Lord, it's just the next passage in our scripture, but I just kept seeing the tarry and the sit still and the waiting. It just seemed like it was a message you wanted for us on waiting. Maybe there's one person, maybe there's two, maybe there's many more that were touched today through this. Maybe you spoke to their heart. Maybe they respond to you. Maybe they get alone with you. Maybe they find someone maybe they can talk to. And, and I pray that you'll help them to make wise decisions. We don't want just to make a good decision. We want the best for our life and family. And I pray you'll help us today. Be with those maybe who are struggling today. They're burdened down. You'll help them. Maybe there's someone that wants to follow you in baptism or join the church. I pray you'll work in their hearts. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet. What we have here is an old, what we call it invitation time. The altar's open and piano's going to play here in a few minutes. But if God has touched your heart today, may I encourage you to respond uh, to the word of God this morning. May I encourage you uh, to do what God would have you to do. And, and just come. The, uh, uh, we'll just have no music today. But uh, may I encourage you uh, to do what God would have you do today. The altar's open if you'd like to come forward. Maybe you'd like to play, uh, pray there in your pew, and that's fine. But may I encourage you to respond as God would have you do today. And maybe pray for someone near you. Uh, maybe you'd like to uh, 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 follow the Lord in baptism, as we have a few here getting ready for baptism. Maybe uh, you'd like uh, uh, one of our pastors to pray with you. That's what it's like. Maybe you'd like to join the church. We'll be happy to talk to you about that. the piano play through one more time. I encourage you to do what God would have you do today as the piano plays.
God bless you. you. may be seated. We'll just have another minute or two. Uh, we have uh, two of our young people, Danae and Rogue Santoyo, uh, will be followed in baptism today. And, uh, of course, we've been praying for this dear family and the loss of their dad and uh, husband. But let's, uh, we're excited to see them follow the Lord in baptism today. And then also we have um, someone who would like to join our church. And uh, Barbara Peters got to go through Starting Point a few weeks ago. And uh, says, you know, I wanna, I'm ready to join. So Barbara, raise your hand up there. And uh, Barbara wants to join. And all in favor, say aye. All right, it carries. Welcome to the family. And, of course, uh, she's been saved and baptized. And looking forward to serving the Lord together, Barbara. And however God would have you do that. And we're so glad you're a part of our church. God bless you. And uh, we're so thankful for that. We're going to show a video of a few upcoming events. Uh, and then the baptism will be ready. And then we'll be on our way today. morning and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 to hear another sermon from Pastor Justin. There are several areas in our ministry where we could use volunteers. First impressions team, ushers team, bookstore team, janitorial team, grounds team, music team, and at Grandview Christian Academy, grading papers, reading groups, and in the lunchroom. If you would be interested in helping in any of these areas, please stop by the welcome desk to fill out a volunteer card today. Join us on Sunday, February 18th for I Love My Church Sunday with our guest speaker, Dr. David Gibbs. These exciting services will include a status update on our gym, and we'll be taking a special offering at the end of the service for any cash gifts, as well as all 2024 gym building commitments. Mark your calendars for church-wide outreach Saturday, February 17th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and an opportunity to share your faith in the community. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Santoyo. And Danae, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. Wonderful. Danae, upon a public profession of your faith in Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. Good job, buddy. Rogue, upon a public profession of your faith in Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Thank you, Brother John. Amen. And it said, uh, there is yet, there is still room. We're thankful for that. And we're thankful for those who follow it in baptism today and joining the church. What a blessing. Well, I hope you know that we love you and um, God loves you. We look forward to a good service tonight. I had this message prepared during Christmas break. 
but with the ice storm, uh, special speaker, and level up, I'm finally now able to preach it, so I'm excited about that. Have a great evening, afternoon, see you tonight. You're dismissed. <laughs>